Hello, everybody. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about organizing code so it's obvious where to put new files. And before we dive into that, I just wanted to quickly remind you to check out quasarcomponents.com where we're going to be covering all 72 of Quasar's components. You're going to get access to a private Discord channel and there's a whole bunch of other cool bonuses I'm throwing in there. So at least go to the page and check out the video on quasarcomponents.com and I'll see you on the other side. All right. Let's get to this podcast. What's up, Quasar devs? I thought I'd just uh, put on my headphones, hit record, because I had a concept that was kind of running through my head that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, and you know, it's kind of funny how sometimes the things that we are fixing in our lives, just our lives outside of code, tend to line up with things that we're fixing inside of our code itself. And I've really experienced that lately where I found that my house is getting a little bit disorganized. We're getting more stuff. Me and my girlfriend used to be total minimalists. I used to own like uh, two or three shirts. Uh, there's this website called ably.com and they sell shirts. And they've got a special shirt that you can put on. And basically, it, it it's a moisture wicking. So it doesn't start smelling as easily as other shirts. If you like sit down on it all day and you don't move, then it does tend to get a bit smelly because like... Um, all of your, all of your like BO and your sweat just kind of starts building up under your arms and you get like stale sweat. So in that case, it will still smell. But it's the kind of thing where if you go for a jog and you're sweating, you take it off and you just hang it up for a little bit and then take it back off. It's not going to smell anymore because it basically wicks all the moisture and it's really, really cool. Anyway, I don't know how I ended up getting onto that. But yeah, Abley t-shirts, that's right, minimalism. So I thought this was really, really cool. Um, and so I just basically got rid of all of my shirts and just had this one shirt and super minimalized my life. But then I kind of like um, ended up regressing and now I've got like six or seven shirts and, you know, thinking if seeing if I can find ways to color it again. But um, yeah, now that we've been getting more stuff in our lives, um, we started to create a little bit more mess and things don't really have places anymore. And I kept remembering then, well, today, this Japanese proverb, I think it's a Japanese proverb that goes, uh, a place for everything, everything in its place. Okay, I just paused the audio, looked it up. It looks like it's a quote by Benjamin Franklin. So anyway, a place for everything, everything in its place. And so in my day-to-day life, I've been trying to create places for things. Like a typical one is your cupboard your cupboard has got like a whole bunch of plastic containers in it and the lids are all over the place and the containers themselves are all over the place. And then it's tried, it's like hard to find a lid that goes with the container that you want. And then my girlfriend, for some odd reason, <laughs> likes collecting jars. And so we got all of these jars on our bottom shelf and, um, and a lot of them, like you don't, can't find the lid that corresponds with the right jar. And so I'm like, okay, a place for everything, everything in its place. And now I've got this rule for myself where a plastic, um, a plastic container is not allowed to go into the cupboard unless it's got a lid to go with it. And so now before I put it in there, I'll sit it above the cupboard and when the lid is found to go with it, then I'll put it into the cupboard. And if I don't find that lid within the next like 10 or 20 minutes or so of like doing the dishes and cleaning up and all that kind of stuff, if I get through all of it, still haven't found the lid, then I'm like, well, we don't have a lid for this. Um, we either find another solution, like put some, some sort of like, um, beeswax. We got this like beeswax, um, alternative to glad wrap. I'll either put one of those on top of it or we'll chuck it out. I don't want to have all of this, you know, useless crap that I'm never actually going to use. It's going to get chucked out eventually anyway. So let's minimize and commit to not getting more containers in the future and just making sure that the containers that we do have are actually 
useful. And so, yeah, I just wanted to follow that that concept of a place for everything, everything in its place. You've heard me talking about doing the dishes a lot in the past in this podcast. Same concept where I have a place for everything where I'm getting where I'm getting it ready to go into the dishwasher. Like the plates go together, um, the knives and forks and like all the cutlery goes together. And by keeping it all together, it means that when I do actually put it into the dishwasher, when I'm ready to sort of open it up and put it all in there, it's all ready to go. And inside the dishwasher itself, everything has its own place rather than just randomly chucking it all in there. And then if I do that, everything tends to be a little bit more streamlined. It takes a bit more effort up front, but then in the long term, it really pays off. And this is the exact same with code. So I used to follow this philosophy with code where I like to keep things flat. I just give things long names and I keep it really flat. So all of my models, for example, uh, for my backend code would all have... um, would all just be sitting in a flat directory. And to be honest, I'm not so sure that's a bad idea. I think for models, that's probably good until your application gets really, really large. But the biggest example of where this breaks down is with a component library. And so we've got a model components library at work. And when I first started out, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to follow the same concept where it's just this big, flat directory of models. And this actually worked for a long time. It's just a whole bunch of single file components, all of the logic sat inside there, all of the templates sat inside there. But as things started to grow and get more complicated, and more um, more specifically, when the composition API arrived, and therefore it was much easier to start extracting logic, this concept really started to break down. It was like, man, I've got all of this logic in here. Now we're using the composition API, but I don't know where to put my um my composables. I don't really have a unique place to put them. And so I created a directory that was my composables directory. But then it's like, well, that's just getting out of control now. I'm ending up with all these composables all over the place. And so now I'm like, okay, enough. It's time to actually structure this properly. Now, the tempting thing is to go overboard and then say, okay, let's do everything by domain. So we're going to have like a farm folder. Inside of that, we'll have a collections folder. Inside of that, we'll have a livestock folder. Inside of that, we'll have a um, events folder. Inside of that, we'll have a um, livestock purchase events folder. It's really tempting to go overboard to begin with. And that's what I almost did. But then I was like, you know what? Let's start with the leaf end of all of this stuff. So if you imagine like a tree of your data structure or or like on the domain of your application, what I like to do, or at least what I'm starting to do, is start with the very bottom nodes of that tree structure. So for example, rather than going farm, collection, events, livestock, purchase events, you know, et cetera, I start with the very end and just go, okay, let's create a folder for purchase events. Um, for livestock purchase events. Let's create a folder for livestock sales events. Let's create folders for the very ends, the bottom of this tree structure, and then we can start putting them in their own folders in the future. All right, and this all comes back to that phrase, a place for everything, everything in its place. And so now what I have is I've got a livestock purchase events folder, all right, which is basically my models, right? So all of my folders are for my models. I've got a livestock purchase events folder. Inside of that, I've got a table directory. And then inside of table, I've, I will have index.view, which is the actual like queue table component itself, like my wrapper around the queue table component. 
And then inside of that, there's inside of a queue table, I usually custom build my rows. And so within my table directory, I've also got a row.view file. And then inside of a row.view, if the table data cells themselves are really complicated, then I'll have uh, individual data cells that also have their own files. And so basically everything's got its own place now. By organizing it by my models, um, and this is kind of by domain, but not entirely by domain. Uh, by, but by organizing it by models, I now have places to put things. And then I can say, for example, uh, my I can have a data form uh, composable or a, a purchase event form composable. That would be like use purchase event. And then inside of my table directory, I can start using that. And you know, everything, it's, it's just so much it's so much more obvious where to put these files now that I've organized it in this way. Once again, a place for everything, everything in its place. And so by organizing this structure, it's so much easier to develop, easier to develop. And you know what the biggest win is? I used to not create composables because I couldn't be bothered. I couldn't be bothered finding a place for it. Everything felt really messy. But now that I've got this structure, now that every single one of my components sits within a directory that corresponds with its model, now that I've done that, um, it's like, oh, it's gonna be super easy to just create a composable for this. I know exactly where to put it. It's blatantly obvious where to put it. Yeah, you know, I'll give you another example. Table columns. I hate having my table columns in the table component. It's so much data and I have to scroll all the way down to go past that to find the, you know, the bottom of of the file because I have to go through all of these table columns. Now, it's blatantly obvious where to put my columns.js file, which is an array of all of the columns. And I just sit that in its own file, I know where it goes, then I can move on with my life. A place for everything, everything in its place. And so I found this to be particularly useful, and I'll give you one more example. That's tables, but then inside of my livestock purchase events folder, I would also have uh, my form. And then inside of the form, you'd have index.view, which is the form itself. And then if you really needed, you could have individual components for, uh, uh, for the input fields for that form. And so, and, and then of course, inside of there, you'd also have your use livestock purchase event form uh, .js file, which is your composable. Or you don't even need to call it that. You could just say use form since it's obvious what it is because it's sitting inside of a livestock purchase events um, directory. So hopefully all of that's starting to make sense. It's not very easy to describe, to describe in a podcast and I'll definitely be doing videos like this in the future. You can see me kind of like stuttering in this uh, podcast episode because you know a lot of this is really fresh in my mind and that's what's great about this podcast. It gives me a chance to kind of share these ideas and sort of clear them in my head before I eventually create a video series for all of you. And speaking of that, if you want to watch some of my videos, then check out quasarcast.com slash register. If you haven't registered there already, what are you doing? You definitely need to check it out. This is all free content. Uh, there will be paid content in the future, but it's all free for now. And by the way, I'm about to release um, an offer, my very first offer for Quasarcast, where I haven't, um, I haven't ironed out the details for this, but basically you'll get to see a lot of my videos that will be free in the future. Um, you'll get to see them before anybody else. And they're gonna be my component videos. So it's gonna, there's gonna be a video series that covers every single component. Um, and I figured, you know what? Let's give people early access um, at a price. I'm thinking the price tag is probably gonna be around about $57. Um, and for that, 
you'll get to view all of those videos the moment that they're released, whereas everybody else has to wait um, until they're released for free. And all of those proceeds are going to go to Quasar Cast, not to Quasar Cast, sorry, to the to Quasar um, itself, to helping the development of Quasar. And this just means that, hey, if you want to be an early adopter, check out these components before everyone else. Um, you're going to be able to donate to Quasar through that. And then I'm also going to give a couple of other things as well, like... Um, I'm going to have an upsell. I'm thinking of having an upsell there for a t-shirt. I still need to iron out all the details for that where you can get like an original Quasar slash Quasar cast t-shirt delivered to your door. And so for an extra like um, 47 or 57 bucks, I haven't figured out. Depends on the pricing um, to get, you know, for the shirt and all that kind of stuff. Um, you'll be able to get a, a, like a limited edition shirt um, that we won't make anymore once this offer is over. Uh, and so that'd be like a really cool way just to sort of add extra value there. And so that'll be like an order bump if you want to add that onto your order. And I'm thinking of having an upsell as well where I do one-on-one coaching because some people have expressed interest where they'd like to have um, someone that they can just communicate with on a weekly or monthly basis. And so still thinking about how I'm going to make offers for all of that. It'll they'll, The initial offer though will be either $47 or $57 to actually watch all of the videos. Um Another thing I'm thinking of adding in there is a month of QuasarCast registration for free when it does become a paid service. And so when I start offering paid material, you'll get a month of that for free if you get in early and um, and take this offer. So, hey, if you're interested in this kind of thing and you are interested in getting early access to watching these videos, um, knowing that you will also be contributing to the Quasar community because all the proceeds are going to go to um, Quasar for the development of Quasar. If you're interested in that kind of thing, you think it's a great idea, please do let me know in the comments because I'm, I do want to gauge interest for this uh, before I before I actually release the offer um, and see what, you know, let me know what would be valuable to you. Would one-on-one coaching be valuable to you? I'll, would it not be valuable to you? If you think that's kind of a silly idea, then let me know as well. Or, you know, let me know if there's other stuff you'd be interested in. Maybe you'd rather do group coaching. Maybe you want to build an app with me from scratch. Um, obviously something like that would be much more highly priced, but I could, for example, do something for like a thousand bucks where you and I will, will together build an app from scratch. I'll show you the process I go through where I go through the planning of the application. Um, we'll build the app as well. Of course, we'd have to have talks about it and discuss what's the scope of that app going to be. You know, you can't just say to me, hey, I want to build a complete Facebook clone with every single feature that Facebook has available, including advertising. It's like, well, I don't have, you know, I don't have the resources to do that. And the scale of a project like that is way too large. But, you know, we could talk about the scope of a project, agree to something, and then I could sell something like that for a thousand bucks for those of you that are like, yes, I'm willing to put in the extra money to learn at that deeper level. So then I could have that. Then we could have one-on-one coaching that could be like, you know, 97 bucks a month where we do like a weekly catch up for half an hour. Um, and I help point you in the right direction for the learning certain topics. Um, and we talk about life stuff. I could help you get a job, um, talk about the kind of stuff that uh, employers are looking for. Um, maybe you'd be interested in that kind of a thing. So yeah, I'm just trying to like figure out the kind of offers that the community would be interested in before I start um, you know, throwing those hooks out there and seeing who's interested in that. And um, yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode and got a bit of an insight into what I'm thinking in terms of uh, the the future direction of QuasarCast.com. So once again, check out QuasarCast.com slash register. And remember, there is nothing you can't build.